My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. It's a very warm spring day here in the capital as the lighter nights are coming in. And as we edge toward the summer to add even more brightness to things today, I'm joined on the programme by Kelston Smith, one of the co-founders of ListMe, a technology-focused company with an emphasis on digital transformation in the nighttime industry through enhancing business-to-business and business-to-consumer experiences. Uh, Kel, very warm welcome to the show, and by all means, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, likewise, Scott. And yeah, I, I must admit, I'm very pleased it's spring. Um, mm. Waking up in the dark is always always challenging, but now it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good reason to get out of bed. It is, isn't it? It makes you feel so much more motivated for the day, doesn't it? Um, now, Cal, yeah, you've, you've been in the technology sphere for sort of quite a while now, and you're quite well established in that. You work for some big names like sort of Fujitsu and SAP, amongst others, during your career. But Right now at ListMe, obviously your focus is on this exciting new product that you've developed that really has the potential to transform the event hospitality management sphere. So in your own words, what is the actual product that you've created and why is it so exciting? Yeah, ListMe is is a CRM guest management solution um, with built-in digital ID connectivity. So I think what makes it exciting for us is we're for the first time really allowing event organizers and venue owners to really tackle out the wider issues. Um, you know, we've all seen, you know, yes, COVID's, you know, been out for two years now, but I think late last year, there's lots of like drink spiking, you know, racism increasing, violence in sports stadiums. So we've really, really took that into consideration and really thought, okay, well how can we how can we help venue owners and organizers to be um current and actually really help the community that they that they're running in. Mm. So we really allow them to log real time incidents that occur at events, whether it's sports stadiums, concerts, um your local bar or your local nightclub. Um and that information is then fed to local authorities. Um, obviously anonymous, anonymously, but at the same time, we're, we're feeding good data um, that really then shapes the way, you know, police capacity and ambulance capacity is then is shipped out in certain in certain areas um, on busy nights, whether it's a Friday or a Saturday. And then I think on a more day-to-day side, just managing your staff, your door pickers, your promoters, um, we've really thought those aspects. So it's a full CRM platform. And I think, you know, it's, it's calling events made simple and that's what we think we're, 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 we're doing and obviously helping um, the hospitality area to, to improve in, in that space. Yeah, it seems that this is the sort of two driving forces behind the idea for the product. Obviously, the one hand is sort of convenience for the event management side of things, but you talk about sort of safety and security there, obviously deploying emergency services to certain areas that are going to be busy. But also as well, um, it's the fact that with things like spiking on the rise, you can so easily monitor now who goes into events and you can essentially track people that, you know, might be sort of suspected of committing such offences. So it just makes sort of that sort of thing very much easier, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And and again, um, I think the word tracking can be quite evasive to some people. Um, so mm. just to kind of shed some light on that, um, we're, we're, we're a tool, right? So we sit behind the curtain. Essentially, we give options to venue owners or event organizers to have a set ID compulsory or not. 
So if it was compulsory, it basically means that they require your ID to, to be preloaded. What that means is you don't have to carry it out, you know, in your wallet. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about getting getting it lost, especially when you're abroad, right? Or if you're a foreigner here in the UK, you, you've only got a passport. And if you lose that, you're in big trouble, right? And that can be used um, for fraudulent reasons. So having that ability to allow yourself to preload your ID, so you're authenticating yourself, one helps you, also helps the venue. Um, and again, I think people now are very more conscious about, well, who's actually here? Who's with me? Um, so I think the, the, the more that people are more verified, I think the safer people feel that when they're in these, these different event spaces. Yeah, and I suppose that goes beyond the venue as well, doesn't it? Because if you're not sort of carrying money or ID around with you that could be stolen in the venue, you're not carrying it when you're outside the venue either as you're sort of going to and from that particular venue. So if anybody happens to approach you sort of outside that area, you're not you're less likely to be prone to things like theft, aren't you? So that's another important thing. Um, but as well as that, you talk about sort of knowing who's there with you. There is a social side to Lismi as well, isn't there, in the sense that you can sort of synchronise your plans with other people, you can see what events are nearby, and you can know who's going. So there's that element as well, which particularly makes this an appealing thing for young people, as well as the security side of things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, the cool thing about the social side is, again, when you're exchanging messages, um, both of you have to be ID verified to actually exchange messages. So again, you know, the whole catfishing goes out the window, fake profiles goes out the window. You know, we've seen the likes of Tira and Ree boycott social media for that aspect, right? Um, and, you know, Scott, you know, the, the, the truth is I could I could sign up in Instagram today, print a profile of you, and I could probably act as you, impersonate you for about a year, and you wouldn't know it. So the beautiful thing about listening is that we allow authentication to do the social side, which means when you are checking out events that are passed, and you're seeing who's going. Yes, you can add them as friends. Yes, you can obviously try and you know communicate with them, find out some interest, all that kind of stuff. Um, but authentication is is very very important to us. Yeah, understandably so as well. And um, I guess considering that there's sort of a real kind of pressing need for this in society as well, because you talked at the start about the fact that sort of racism and sort of violence is on the rise within certain venues, particularly in sports venues as well. There is a real and very pressing need to address these things. So it must feel sort of greatly satisfying and greatly accomplishing to actually be creating a product that's going to address one of those real societal issues at the moment. Yeah, exactly. We, we say we say we're a tech for good solution, and I think that term always is around you know sustainability or green products. Um, we're not quite green, but it, you know but we are doing something good. We're, we're a prevention tool, um, and we really are trying to you know do our part and play our part into helping venue owners just create a safer community. Um, you know the flagging feature, which which works very very simply. Um, you know, for example, Scott and I, we could be in a bar. You know, you may cause some trouble. You get ejected from that venue. They write, you know, they'll, they'll write the logs to why you got ejected. You have a red flag against your profile for 24 hours. So it means if you and I went to another venue across the road and that venue also had list me, they could see that you got a red flag and why you got ejected. So they're stopping trouble straight away from going from one venue to another. And that small impact can make a big difference. And, and I think for us, that's what we, you know, we really stride on for the, for the wider vision and goal of the company. 
Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? Not just obviously for the security of the people within that venue that someone might be trying to entering if they've been flagged up, but also it just makes things so much easier from sort of an authority's point of view, doesn't it? I mean, it's I suppose it saves police time having to then go and intervene when they get into that venue and cause more trouble. Exactly. Um, and I think the best thing about going back to the, if the ID has to be preloaded before you get to the venue, the checks on our system really do allow you to understand if that person's on the watch list, um, any crime activity. Um, and, you know, the truth is nine out of 10, that's not the case. But the point is, you know, if we were to detect someone that is an affiliate or part of certain, you know, criminal activity, again, we stop them even leaving the house, essentially, because if they're not listed and they can't, they're not, they're not down, they wouldn't attempt to get to the venue. So again, it's just these small little details that we're trying to achieve that might prevent trouble, you know, that could happen, you know, that evening, that night or during the stadium of a, of a daytime football match. Yeah, and obviously going back to sort of the convenience side of things for the venue managers, I mean, I suppose what this also does is it stops the long queues, it stops the verification checks and it sort of yeah. takes away those great big sort of imposing ID machines at the doors in some places, doesn't it? So it's even better for them as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, you, you know, myself, you and the, the general public, especially in the UK and, and Europe now, you know, our technology works exactly the same as Monzo Bank, Barclays Bank. I believe NetWest have just done the same thing where they're, you know, allowing you to preload your ID now to essentially access your bank account. So I think people now are very used to doing this. Um, and I think the best thing is that Apple last year at the Apple conference said, we're going to allow the US citizens domestically to upload their ID and now it's in their wallet. Um, and I think it's just about time. I mean, carrying around plastic or paper IDs is is very strange to me, especially when we're in 2022. So I think the fact that now we have it on our phone, this is our new wallet, and I think we need to utilize it as best we can. Um, so we think we're on the right track to kind of, you know, make make the normal theme very easy and, and, and um, accessible. And that's the thing, isn't it? Because when you steal a mobile phone, for instance, it's very easy to get that phone locked or shut down, essentially, very, very quickly to avoid people getting onto it and accessing that information. But then, say, for instance, someone steals your passport that you've been carrying around as a fake ID, that could be much more dangerous, potentially, couldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, we had a good conversation with the City of London Police. Um, and, you know, paraphrasing here, but they said, something similar they said look what you guys are doing is almost creating digital records which has the same you know certificates as the physical scan IDs that you have on venues but actually we're removing the fact that yes if someone was to lose it then you know as you said before that could be used as fraud whereas on your mobile phone if you lost it that night it, it's so difficult to get in these days um, iPhones, Samsung, etc. They get they get locked shit down straight away. And I think some phones today don't have SIM cards in there, so it's 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 very very difficult now. It's not like five ten years ago where you could almost find the phone, open it, and try and use it. it. It's very difficult. So I think again, we've really really thought about different security layers, whether it's cyber security um, or you know physical fraud, etc. Um, but you're right. I think for the day to day door pickers or promoters or venue owners it really helps them just you know focus on their event you know I, I don't think they need to really focus on you know the whole id checks and 
um, worrying about, okay, how can they stop trouble, et cetera. They're there to host and, and, and provide, you know, a good hospitality event. Um, so people like you and I can just enjoy ourselves. Exactly right. It almost feels like that natural next step in automated event management, doesn't it? So it's certainly very exciting, the potential that this uh, product has, both for convenience and also for the next step up in security as well. And so for the future, um, Kel, just before obviously we wrap up, um, I'd be interested to sort of delve into more what the ultimate long-term plan is for the building up of Lismi as a product. And obviously to try and accomplish that and lay the foundations for that over the next 12 months, what some of your short-term goals are in terms of building that vision? Yeah, I think the short term is is always just gathering gathering feedback, right? So you know we 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 work with um, several different brands and venues now. Um, we've got over um, ten thousand users on the platform, um, and we only launched in September two thousand twenty one. So we're still a young, young, young sort of tech company. Um, so I think feedback is definitely one, one of our short term goals. Um, really understanding are we doing the right things? Are we have are we prioritizing the right features? And I think in terms of the long term, it's just building a community that allows to um, you know, share interest with one another and, and also look at the, the virtual side as well. We know that physical events are, are reopening, you know, since uh, the sort of COVID is dying down, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Which is good. Um, but I think at the same time, the virtual side is, again, another area, another space that, you know, if we look at, say, the metaverse or esports, it's it again requires certain verifications that you want to make sure that, okay, one, if it's a under 16 type of virtual event, you know, who, who's actually in that room? Who's in that virtual space? Mm. Um, and again, our technology kind of relies on that. Um, and I think one of the big things that we, part of our research that we kind of discovered is when you've got the likes of these, you know, professional footballers, let's stick with, with, with those um, athletes at the moment. Um, they want to do Q&A sessions. But why they're nervous is because if they were to do these live chats with them on Instagram, Zoom, et cetera, they don't really have an idea of who's in that room. And if one of those participants does do any type of verbal abuse, they, it's very difficult to track. And again, our technology helps harness that. Um, and then it allows that freedom for the likes of certain footballers, tennis players, fighters, boxers, et cetera, to do these open live Q&A sessions in a very secure space, in a very nice virtual environment, with, without the risk of someone doing a certain um, verbal abuse and not getting caught for it. So, you know, short term is let's gather some feedback, let's keep growing, let's keep shaping this industry. Um, and long term is to really expand the, the virtual space because that's a growing space, whether it's for the young children, the teenagers or, or adults as well. That's exactly it, isn't it? I mean, this product is so scalable and so easy to sort of branch out beyond just management of clubs or management of Stadia. So it is an exciting time for uh, for Lismi for sure. And I'm certainly looking forward to kind of seeing the journey that the company goes on. And I would love actually, Cal, just um, as we start to see that journey panning out to maybe even catch up in future with you and have you back on the show because it's got an awful amount of potential and it's uh, going to be fascinating to see how it all pans out. Scott, I'd love that. Um, you know, maybe after the summer, um, we can we can catch up again because um, we do have some big things that I, I, I can't really say right now. But mm. you know, hopefully they'll come to fruition and we can we can share that news with you in a another session. Yeah, that'd be absolutely fantastic. I'd really really love that opportunity. And uh, thanks again for taking the time to join us on uh, today's program. It's a fantastic uh, day for it as well. And uh, do take care and do stay safe with all still going on. And do by all means enjoy the nice weather we're having.
Yeah, you too, Scott. Thanks for having me. Take care. It was an immense pleasure welcoming Kel Smith from ListMe onto today's programme to talk all about the ListMe product and the potential that it has to transform the nighttime event hospitality management industry and indeed others. If you've been listening to today's programme and you feel that you have your own story of success and innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council, then by all means we also want to hear from you as well. So why not also apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Until next time, to all of our regular listeners, you have been tuning into the Leaders Council podcast with Scott Challoner, your host. Take care now and goodbye.